Hey, what's up, everybody? On this week's Sport Live podcast, we talk to Olympic swimmer and current world champion in the short track, Ryan White. And she's going to walk us through her Olympic journey over the next couple of years. And we start that today as she talks about transitioning from being a swimmer collegiately with Alabama to moving to a new professional team and, and just walks us through some of the lessons she's learning as she goes through that transition. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. We're here again today with Ryan White, Olympic swimmer, and uh, getting ready for the Paris Games next summer and her shot at hopefully bringing back the gold medal. We had Ryan on several months ago, and uh, we decided that we want to keep following her progress as she prepares for the Olympics, and we're going to have her on several times. And so, Ryan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you guys today and kind of share my journey as I move from college swimming into pro life and shoot for Paris. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll fire off the first question. And, uh, you know, I know that last time we spoke, you were still at Alabama and now you're in Colorado. So are you officially done with Alabama? Have you graduated and you're done swimming there? Are you now just all Olympics? Um, so how it works is you like join like maybe a pro group, uh, Alabama's not having a pro group. So that's why I'm moving. I'm actually going to North Carolina. So I wanted to finish my time at Alabama on somewhat of a high note, um, have kind of like an ending. So I decided to do a training camp with them in Colorado. So it was a small group, uh, just one coach came with us and then we're now actually in California for a meet, um, so this is like my last little thing with Alabama, but yeah, I'm competing. I'm wearing an Alabama cap this weekend. So um, after this week, I'll head back to Tuscaloosa, get all my stuff that's pretty much packed and drive to North Carolina. So yeah, I'll be training at NC state. What's been the, what's been your life since we last spoke? Tell us kind of fill us in on <clears throat> what's been going on, what you competed in, how have things been? Yeah, I last we spoke since then, I guess this year I spent my time as a fifth year, which was a lot different um, than I kind of expected. I I thought that there would be more um, flexibility, I guess, and it was just a little different. I was much more like on the team than I expected to be, um, which was fine. It wasn't good or bad, just different than what I was thinking. And I swam at... at NCAAs and SECs, I haven't had the best year, to be honest, but um, I had a good experience. And I think it's kind of what needed to happen. Um, I've learned a lot this year. So, yeah, I think it just, like, showed me that I'm really ready for change. But, yeah, that's how it's been. (laughs) Those are good moments, actually. I was One of the lessons or one of the questions I was going to ask you is, Last time you were with us, you shared some incredible things that we've been able to share with people 
all around the state this year of Utah and other states as we've gone around. We've shared your uh, be who you needed when you were younger has been a, a message that we've shared with so many. And my question for you was just what are some of the more powerful lessons you've learned as you've gone throughout this last year? Oh, that's a big question. I think something that I struggled with this year was like self-accountability. I I think after the Olympics, it was such a high and I had like the people around me were holding me very accountable. And I think this year, my coach somewhat stepped back from coaching me. I think just trying to push me into like the next phase of my career. And I think, yeah, I think like I struggled a lot with self-accountability doing the stuff that like I had always done. And um, so I'm, that's something that I'm like planning. I'm working on now and I'm like excited to have a new environment around because I think I became pretty complacent where I was. That's one thing, just like holding myself accountable and doing the little things. I think also like the people who are the best are willing to do what no one else is willing to do. And I think that's like, a big thing that's like screaming to me this year that like I'm working on right now is just like little tiny things that other people aren't willing to do. And it's not even like at practice or in the weight room or anything like that. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes I see a piece of like garbage on the ground and I'll pick it up. And it's just something that's like a little fulfilling or like make up, wake up and make my bed in the morning. And it's like little tiny battles that I think like add up and like feed confidence if that makes sense. So that's like another thing that I've definitely felt that I've been like building since NCAAs, which was in March. That's that's a huge thing for me to hear as a coach, uh, Ryan. I think that that's, that tells me that you've, you really are turning the corner from kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, needing to be sort of occasionally motivated to like, no, I'm, I'm self-motivated. I'm going to win every little battle of the day. If if I see a piece of trash on the ground, that's a, it's a battle, right? And I'm going to win it. I'm going to compete. And, and yeah. that, that tells me that you're, you're getting your mind right for Paris. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm doing what I can. And I think like do something with all of this and like the process that I've been going through, um, like having a lot of patience with myself, I, found out that I was leaving Alabama in April and I made the decision of where I was headed pretty soon after I decided to like leave and since then it's been honestly pretty hard like to go to certain practices if I know it's something that I it's not my favorite thing to do at practice and I know like that's on the schedule um Mm -hmm. like waking up early things like that like they're just like they're harder to get to just because I'm like on my way out. And I think like this last three weeks has been such a test of my patience, which is, I mean, even good, not just for training, but for life. I feel like I've had like such like a huge perspective of patience the last like month, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Tell tell us about that a little bit, Ryan. Like what is it that has tried your patience this last month? Honestly, like some, it's not that I have any like issues with any specific coach of ours or teammate, but little tiny things will get on my nerves or I'll go to the training room and like ask someone, one of our trainers, can I get cupping in there? Like working on someone else. And I'm like, 
sitting there and I'm like, well, why don't they just do my cupping now? And it's like, obviously that sounds very like snotty or like, like I'm being uh, a diva. Um, but those are just things like that will get on my nerves and I just have to like take a breath or I have like, I don't know, random screenshots of things on my phone and stuff. Like I'll just read them and try to calm down, talk to my friends. Um, another thing, like I, w- I have a super close friend group and there's like four of us or five and three of us are moving away from Alabama. So two girls like left before I did. And then one of the girls is staying and I feel so much for her because she's like, all her friends are really leaving. Um, and that's been another thing. Like I've gotten to see them leave and I'm still like, it's not my turn yet. And it's just like waiting for my turn to come. And like, I've talked to the coach that I have been working with here and we're just like taking it one day at a time. Like this was like two weeks ago, I think we spoke. And then like at the end of the two weeks, he was like, see, now we only have three days. Like those days went by so fast when you look back, but as like you're going through them, it's like really slow. Um, But yeah, I think just like sticking to having somewhat of a routine and like trying to stick to it. Another thing that he, I think has like, I wouldn't say taught me but maybe reminded me um as a pro it's like a lot more in your hands where in college they like they like say you have to be in this group this day you have to do this many 100s but as a pro they're kind of more like how does your body feel how did you sleep last night and so on some of the days I would I think sometimes I felt like I was maybe cutting a corner but it was just like they were giving me a lot more freedom and flexibility, I guess. So it's kind of hard to like manage that. But the thing that I learned from him was like, whatever I say, I'm going to do, I need to do it. So if at the beginning of practice, I say, I'm going to go in the up group, which has more yardage. I can't decide after warm up because I now have decided like I didn't sleep all last night. I'm actually going to go in the down group. It's like whatever I walk in the doors thinking I'm going to do, I need to just stick to it. So that's like another thing that I've learned. You know, Dustin, as she was talking, I think you and I had this realization a few times, but you probably more than me. But when we talk to you and you're sitting there talking about your friend group and people moving on and Dustin and I right now both have daughters in college. And sometimes it's it's funny to take a step back and be like, yeah, Ryan White is an Olympic swimmer. But Ryan White is also a young adult that has friends that has like relationships (laughs) that's saying goodbye to a place. And and just as you were talking, I was sitting there just thinking my daughter's transitioning colleges right now and just kind of trying to find roommates at the new place and trying to say goodbye to the the old. And it's easy to forget that while you're going on this Olympic journey, your other life doesn't stop, right? That you're still a friend (laughs) to others. You're still a a daughter, a sister, all those things. And so that's just kind of cool to hear stuff like that going on in your mind too, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Probably, probably refreshing for, you know, I hope for people, if there are kids listening to these uh, adults as well, but just that, you know, that our athletes, whether they're, college or pro athletes, coaches, whether, what, you know, whatever the level of the coach is, is that, yeah, you're right, Shad. Like we think that all they do is just eat, sleep and drink, 
you know, their sport constantly and that they're just constantly <laughs> on the basketball court and their suit and tie coaching. And you forget that, you know, they have to brush their teeth and they have to, you know, they like to watch TV and they like to like do things sometimes. And especially, and I, I would guess that you, for your mental health, Ryan, that, you know, you probably have to balance that, or I, I hope you're balancing it. I hope that you, sounds like you do, but maybe you can talk a little bit to that. How do you make sure that you make time to not always be on? Because, you know, as a, as a high level swimmer, like you are now a professional swimmer preparing for the Olympics, like you have to be able to turn it off from time to time and just let your hair down and be a friend, right? How do you do that and still stay focused on the, the goal of a gold medal? Yeah. Um, I think, well, a couple weeks ago, weekends ago, I went camping with my friends and like we left on Saturday after practice and we were planning to stay until like Sunday night, um, to get home Sunday night. And I just kind of, I felt that in the moment I needed to spend like a little more time with my friends and make that memory because they were all going home for the summer and I'm like about to move away. So yes, I think balance is a huge part of it. Um, especially with like the frustration of being impatient as I was going to these practices where my previous coach, like wasn't coaching me anymore. Um, I'm working with like a coach who coaches a different type of swimming. He coaches distance and he's catering to my needs as much as he can while I'm still swimming with like a group. Um, but yeah, I think just like taking a second with myself and just saying if I miss practice tomorrow, like to stay with my friends and get this time away from the pool and away from Tuscaloosa and away from like that environment just for, just for like one day, is it going to hurt me? And I think like picking battles kind of, um, so we decided to spend the night again and like, I don't know. I just think that that little bit of extra time with my friends and away from the pool, away from, it was almost like a distraction a little bit and like allowing myself to be a little distracted in that moment. I think it was somewhat of like preparation to be locked in for the next 12 months because once I get to NC state, it's going to be a lot different. I think it's going to be, I won't, be so comfortable it's like going to be very uncomfortable I think in the beginning just meeting new people and getting to know a new coach letting him get to know me and like how my body works and functions and training so yeah I would say like just like picking the battle and like self-reflection I guess and like ha having like the conversation with myself instead of letting someone else like determine what I what they think I should want to do and doing what like I want in the moment. Shad and I uh, talk a lot about it seems like it comes up, Shad, almost every episode now. We talk about being intentional. We talk about um, prioritizing your day first, not letting your day prioritize you, but that we yeah. prioritize our schedule based on our priorities. And then I'm actually studying right now this idea of mindfulness. I'm reading this really cool book by this Buddhist monk on like being in the moment and mindfulness and stuff. And I'm really fascinated on how how we do that because it's so hard to do right but as a pro athlete some of the pro athletes we've interviewed we uh we have a, a professional golfer that we've had on this and and we uh, on the podcast and we've talked 
off air as well about it. And, you know, I, I would guess that in your world, it's very similar now, especially now as a pro and Olympic athlete, that that idea of being, getting yourself 100% in the moment when you have so many things that are tugging at you, it's, it's really hard to be present. Like when you're camping, mm-hmm. you've got to be thinking about, well, the pool, <laughs> and my diet and my sleep and my workout and my recovery and my pre-work, you know, like you've got all this stuff, but yet you're camping. Like you need to be able to be mindful of the fact that like you were. So congratulations for doing that because you were mind, <laughs> you, you were you. focused enough to say, I'm with my friends now. This may be the last time I have this moment. I'm going to be intentional now at making sure that I'm an elite level friend. And how old are you? 20, <laughs> 21. How old are you? 23. <laughs> yeah, 23. 23. So I'm going to be a 23 year old college girl for, for this weekend with my friends instead of Ryan White, the soon to be, you know, gold medalist and world record holder. You see what I said there? You get, you yeah. catch that right there. <laughs> Fist bump. World record holder. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> so that's awesome. And that's, that's something that Shad and I are, are working on ourselves and trying to remind kids and parents as well of the importance of, Hey, if we're, if we're bouncing from this to that, and our brains are constantly from all the stuff that we've got going in and out of it all the time, we're really never going to be our best at anything, man. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you're getting good at that, which is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I think that if you aren't present, you can drive yourself down a rabbit hole of stressing over. And I, I feel like I have been there, um, like obsessing over the things that you miss or obsessing over the things that you're not going to be there for. Um, it can just add up and add up. And it's kind of like when you get behind in schoolwork or something and like you should always do the stuff that's due instead of like keeping track of what's past do I, I struggled in school so this is something that I learned like instead of saying okay I miss like these four assignments I'll do them first and then do the one that's due tomorrow instead you should like do the one that's due tomorrow and then like do those four so that you don't keep adding and adding and adding um but yeah I think that just doing what's coming next and then making up what you've missed or I don't know, because if you stress over what you've missed too much, then it just adds and adds and adds up. You know, that's a a principle of win the hour that we talk about a lot, Ryan, is being intentional with our time. And I think that we haven't been to athletic levels that you've been, right? Like Dustin and I, I don't know that there's been a time in our life, well, a time in my life, life past age 12. I think age 12 is when I had the realization that I was, you know, that I may not be an Olympic uh, baseball player or something, you know what I say, <laughs> but, but, but you have these different pressures, which may make almost like a flip side of what we call win the hour really important. So we try to get athletes to be intentional about their time and put the most important effort to the most important things, right. And things like schooling and, and sports and friendship and and a family member and and faith and things like that you have a lot of people i'm sure that are that will come to you and you almost have to be intentional on the other end because people are coming to you expecting you to do all olympic stuff all swimming stuff all <laughs> and, 
and you, it sounds to me like you have to be intentional looking over your day and saying, okay, these two hours, that's going to be for me. That's going to be for me and my friends. That's going to be the time I connect with my family. Whereas others might have a ton of that time and they're looking for, okay, when am I yeah. going to find an hour to swim? And so it just kind of seems almost like this flip as you go into professional <laughs> athlete mode, you might have to switch that a little bit and make sure you're taking time to be mindful and time to reflect and connect with people and to be to yourself and enjoy things like camping and walks and uh, the other things you enjoy in life. And that that's kind of an interesting thing to me, how that switches for a professional athlete versus someone who plays at amateur levels. Yeah. I think that there are times in my day that I have um, realized, especially like in the last few weeks where I need to be by myself and I need to be like, I, with the transition from Alabama to NC state, the coaches asked me to kind of keep track of my training program to just, I'm swimming in a meet this weekend. He wants to see where I'm at um, and like what I've been doing the last like month and a half. So like at some point in each day, I've sat down and like written down the practice and I just feel like the, like me thinking and like, it kind of helps me reflect on the practice and it also helps me be in, more intentional during the practice because I'm needing to remember it hours later whenever I do sit down to write it down. But yeah, the, that time to like, I don't know. It's just like a good reflection. It takes me like 30 minutes, but yeah, that is kind of like one of the things that I have prioritized to kind of do what you're saying, like be intentional with that hour and flip it from, okay, in practice, I need to do this, but I need to like save also some attention for later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. Ryan, have you kind of off changing gears here a little bit? Have you ever met Michael Phelps? Um, no, but I've seen him speak before. I've okay. never met him personally. Yeah, last year in the Olympics, obviously he didn't he didn't swim in in the uh, Tokyo Olympics. But I know you were really close with some of the swimmers, especially the the women swimmers who won gold and everything. Um, they're, I'm, I'm thinking of one right now in my head, I can see her face, but I can't remember her name, but is, is there anything that those swimmers who, who did reach the pinnacle, who did win the gold medal? And I know of a couple who won multiple at the last Olympics. Is there anything that they told you, or have you reached out now that you're kind of shooting for that to get their thoughts or advice or input on things, anything they've shared with you that you think is of value that you might be able to share with, with our listeners. Maybe, maybe it's not a specific thing they've taught you or, or told you, but is there something that you've noticed in them and their work ethic or their approach to things or their mindset or yeah. whatever that you can now look and say, okay, I need to be more like that. Yeah, I, I would say I probably would have, like, more of an observation than a piece of advice that, like, they've told me. I'm really close with Erica Brown. She swims at Tennessee, and I think she's just, like, so sure of herself. And she, like, really has trust in her training, and I think it shows behind the box. She, like, walks with so much confidence. She's very genuine. I think she, like, she doesn't really, like, talk down on people, which I think just, like, builds her, like, built her own confidence almost a little bit too. 
um, just knowing that she, she knows that she's doing what is right and she knows that she's doing what is like morally, I think it's just more fulfilling for her. So I think like just being sure of your confidence and sorry, my alarm is going off. Um, being like trust, trustful with yourself to be sure of yourself. I think that's like the biggest thing that I've noticed from her. And you say trust your training. Explain that phrase, what that means to you. I'm interested in that. Um, there's a lot of people that I have seen just in all of the time that I've been swimming that question things that coaches are saying to do. Um, if, if someone who has come from like another, we have someone at Bama who's like from another country and his training at home was much different than like what he did once he got to Bama. And I think like, he really trusted his coach at home and it's normal like to trust that because how else would he have gotten to be able to swim at like a D one school in the U S from another country. Um, but then it brings to like questioning the coach a lot. And I think that that kind of hinders the relationship with the coach and the athlete. And then once you get behind the blocks at the end of the season, these thoughts like just come into your mind. I mean, it's so natural to be behind the blocks doubting yourself. And if you have like specific practices that you think you wish you had done differently or been able to do differently because you didn't trust what the coach had written for you, then you're like already like behind the blocks. You're already like feeling like you might fail, I guess. So I don't know. I think just like having trust in the training and trust in the coach, I think that comes with like um, communication mostly, but yeah, just knowing that you gave your all, like every single practice, I think would bring trust in your training and in your body. And, you know, in this practice, we did like 200 pace work and this is how my body felt. And that's exactly how like a 200 in the race is actually going to feel. So you can trust that your body has been through it and your body has been able to adapt and change to overcome the pain. That, that's that I would think in your, in your field, especially because we're talking right. Tenths of a second beside everything that, yeah, yeah. You, you, you getting up on the blocks and 98% of your mind is I trust my work. I'm ready to go, but there's that 2% that's not quite sure if you're ready or not quite sure if you've trained right, or if you like, that's the difference in the 10th right of a second that you need. So you going into that. So to me, when you say you trust it, I, I guess with anything, when we trust somebody, tell me if I'm wrong here, but but you have to have, I guess, the the respect to and from with your coach to be able to go and say, hey, I have a question on this, or I don't, mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta know that we're doing everything we can do and that, right? Do you could if not, then you just say, you know, yes, coach. But in your mind, you're thinking this isn't right, and then you're doubting yourself yeah. on the block that true that you do you have that sort of relationship with your coach where you can go and say hey this isn't sitting well with me I mean now as a pro you for sure need to yeah um I would say I had this relationship with my coach and I'm moving into like a new program with someone completely new so it's something that I'm planning to build with my new coach he's told me that they're really big on communication and like their their coaching staff is always like kind of adaptable and they're open ears all the time so it's something that I'm looking forward to having um but it takes time to build and I think yeah respect is a big thing and just knowing that like when I emailed him 
he like responded super quickly, called me and he's like, I would love to coach you. I'd love to have you here. And that's like inspiring in itself. Cause I feel like he has the respect and almost he's like humbled that I would ask and I'm humbled that he would want to work with me. So I think, yeah, respect is definitely a big component of it. And just communication, knowing like, if I ask him, why are we doing this? He has a good explanation as to why we're doing that and how it's going to help me. And he knows my goals too. I think that's a big thing. Like, I said on the phone, I said, I, I want to go to Paris. And he said, well, I don't know why else you would be doing this. So we're right there on the same wavelength right now. So, How are you doing on your goals? Um, I can't, it was, was it 51? Was that the number that yeah. resonated? Is that, was I right? I'm, I don't, uh, I vaguely I remember. Think it was like, I think it was closer. It was a little bit faster than that. Um, but yeah, like I said, this year wasn't my best year. Um, I'm done with short course now, so I won't have like an opportunity to touch those, but I think that's part of the drive. Um, if we always hit our goals, then this wouldn't be as fun, right? <laughs> that's right. So what, what are you preparing for then for Paris? What, what races and what are your goals? Yeah. Um, we have world championship trials are at the end of June and world championships are in July in Japan. So that's like my next big meet. Um, I think with the lesson of patience, I'm going to be tested even more now because I am going to like a new program with a whole group of new people, a new coach. And I think um, just like getting to know my body and letting the coaches there get to know like how I train and everything will be a big test of the patients because I'm only going to be there for one month before I head to world championship trials. But ultimately the goal is Paris. So I'm okay to, I'm okay if things don't go 100% as planned and there's going to be bumps. I know there are, I'm, I'm trying to be prepared. Obviously like we can't, I, I'm not expecting the worst, but I'm trying to have very minimal expectations just so that, I'm not discouraged. I think it will help me and also more free that way. So as of right now, I'm prepping for world championship trials in a month. In Japan. Yeah. Tra the trials are in Indiana, but yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. The so meet will be in Japan. It's, it's similar to Olympic trials where they take like the top two people in each event. So. Oh. The top, yeah. how many? I'm sorry. The top two people in each event. So to even make it to the world championships in Japan, you have to be one of the fastest two people in your event in the whole country. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that just like puts things into perspective a little bit, you know, the, mm -hmm. the thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of people who swim and all you have to do is <laughs> the <fastest> two. <laughs> yeah. And is that how the Olympics are as well? Yeah. Yeah. Luckily this summer, um, they're actually doing, so world championship trials is like a, we call it a selection meet and they're sending a team to, I think two other meets like a European championship and Pan Pacific Games, just because like USA swimming wants to give as many athletes, as they can like opportunity to swim internationally to get the experience. So we're not going to the Olympics for our first international meet um, just because they are very intimidating as you could expect. So world championship trials that is in June. 
they're going to have like three meets that they're selecting for. And I don't know like the criteria to go to the other ones, but for worlds is the top two. I'm guessing it's maybe like the next two and the next two for the other meets and stuff. But yeah. So there are other opportunities like international meets to go to this summer. So how does it change? You talked last time about nutrition and how regimented it was where you would like eat this before you went into a pool and then, and then you would get mm-hmm. out of the pool and typically you would do this. You kind of walked us through your day. How does that change when you become a pro? Like, like when you sign with this team, do they do very similar things and help you with your nutrition and stuff as well? Or is that something now that you're, you're learning to manage yourself versus having Alabama manage it for you or, or provide all the food for you to, for you to select from? Yeah, it will be, it will be more, it's kind of like the self accountability I was talking about. It's, it's all going to be on me. It's like what I choose to do. Um, and I've talked to other people on the national team, just like, what day do you go grocery shopping? Uh, do you plan the whole week or do you plan half the week? Um, does it give you something to do during the week? Because as a professional swimmer, I mean, there's not, you can't like go and do a lot of things during the day. I mean, we have practice twice a day, um, most times. So it's like, I don't know. I'm going to use it as somewhat of a hobby, I think to like maybe research what foods are going to help me like in practice. And, um, we have like the national team nutritionist, but I am excited to like, I don't think much will change. I think I'll just be more like knowledgeable of that stuff. Um, and like, I guess I'll have to go out and buy it instead of having it be given to me from the university, like dining hall and everything. But yeah. Yeah. Ryan, I got, I got one more question for you. So the 200 meter, is that just down and back? Is that what, what's, no. what's, what, what are you racing? Remind me what you're racing again. Yeah. I swim the hundred back and the 200 back. So the hundred is down and back. Okay. That's the hundred. Okay. So a 200 is going to be yeah. down and back twice. Okay. So if yeah. you were doing the hundred, so if you were doing the hundred, when you come back and you have some free time, do you think that if Shad and I started 25, if we started halfway, okay, we were just out there just floating halfway. So you gave us half a, half a length head start. A 25. Okay. 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 And then we, we fired the gun off. We had a 25 head start. Do you think that you could, would you pass us by the time you got to the wall or do you think you'd pass? Where do you think you'd pass us? Or do you think we'd beat you? (laughs) Because it's Uh, on, it is on when you get back. I think probably like, I think I would pass you probably on like the underwaters after the flip. Like after your guys' first 25, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> on the way back, you, you'd come, you'd push off the wall, come up, and you'd be past us? Yeah, like you guys would be ahead of me on the way back, but as I'm under, I think I would pass you all. Yeah. Okay. All right. That gives us something <laughs> to work for, Chad. <laughs> you, you know the Jim Gaffigan. Have you heard Jim Gaffigan talking about Olympic sports that he thinks they should put someone like you and me in the sports just to show how elite they are? Because <laughs> oh, be- yeah, they should. <laughs> they're beating each other by like point, point four 
yeah, seconds. And it's like, if you want to see how real elite they are, have two guys like me and you jump in the pool with Ryan. Yeah. That might actually make a really fun video if you're ever in Utah. Yep. Like Dustin and I yeah. will, will get there. Dustin will wear a Speedo and, uh, <laughs> and I'll film. And I'll film. And we can show people. We can show people what it what it looks like when Olympics an Olympic swimmer races a regular 46-year-old dad. Here yeah. it is. Here's what it looks like. Yeah. I'll be I'll have like snorkels and and I get to use I get like I get to use tools and stuff. I get fins and stuff to use. (laughs) You get those boogie boarding fins that you're wearing and you're like, (laughs) oh, that might have to put it under perspective. (laughs) We might have to do that. Well, Ryan, we'll let you go. And uh, if you're okay with it, like I said earlier, we'd like to, you know, check up on you every, I don't know, four months or five months or something and just kind of see how you're doing. Yeah, and we're, sure. we're big fans of yours and uh, we're pulling for you. Aww. Thank you. Yeah, I will. I'm so excited for NC State. So I would be so happy to share like my beginning experience of it and like first impressions for sure. Yeah. Well, and there's some cool lessons there too, because right now, though you're a world-class athlete, just the fact that you're willing to kind of talk with us through the journey of, you know, there's a lot of kids right now, for example, graduating from high school and going and joining college teams, right? And you're graduating college and joining a professional team. And some of those stresses and some of those changes and and transformations that you're going through right now, well, that we're having a lot of athletes go through that, even transitioning from junior high and and rec sports to high school sports and and so some of those lessons you're learning some of what you shared today about adjusting to a new coach and trusting the training and and all of those things they're just so they're profound lessons at every level but it's sure cool to be able to follow a world-class athlete as they go through those transitions so so thanks for letting us thank you about that yeah um, one other thing I will say, um, you just kind of reminded me, um, like when I first moved to college and like something that I've thought of each year and even still, um, I posted like on my Instagram, it was kind of, my caption was about this, but like my mom told me, and this isn't even about sports, but my mom told me like the five people you're around the most often are the five people like you'll adopt some of their traits and you'll probably start to act similar to them. You'll probably share beliefs in some way. So like picking these people carefully. And if you have someone in your life that they do something that is like against what you believe in, I think it's best. Like as you're moving into a new phase and moving into college, like if you have to like let some people go, it's hard. But I think like in the long run, it makes more value to your life and I was so lucky to have like five amazing people and some some other people like on the outside of that like came and went in my life but I think like having people that is so hard to say goodbye to it's like so special and I think like I could cry right now (laughs) um but yeah, I think I picked like very well and I picked very carefully and it worked out so like almost perfectly for me. But 
that would be my advice. Like, pick those five people wisely because they change your life and they shape your life for sure. So, hmm. that's really awesome, Ryan. And I, the only way to like not feel what you're feeling right now is to not love people the way that you love people. Yeah. And and we would yeah. never want to go in life without loving people enough that it hurts to leave them. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want a life where I love people so little that saying goodbye was no big deal. I, I hope it rips my heart out whenever I move on to a new phase of life, because that means I love those people and, <laughs> and got the most yeah. out. Of it. So it's cool that you've grown that close, close to people. Yeah. Oh. Well, we, we're, we're proud of you. Keep it up. Keep your eyes up. Thank Keep you. doing the work. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. All right. we'll, we'll see you, Ryan. Take care. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining the Sport Light Podcast. Please like it, share it, and send it to people who might be interested. Eyes up. Do the work. This has been the Sport Light Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sport Light, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book.